Hi, my name is Marco Wusu, founder and editor-in-chief at Finstreet.co.uk. On this premiere podcast episode, I speak with Jens Glasso, founder and CEO of Blockbonds AS about their product spend, the impact it has had on creating greater financial inclusion around the world, and the challenges of overcoming financial exclusion in the future. I hope you discover something new about finance, and as always, welcome to Finstreet. to find out from yourself, especially for people who may not necessarily be aware of block bonds. What is block bonds and what exactly does block bonds do? So block bonds is a technology company uh, that has developed the product spend, uh, primarily uh, operating in four countries today, Philippines, Rwanda, Tanzania, and Zambia. And the product spend is a tool. It's a mobile money wallet uh, for everyone who wants to send money to and from each other completely cost-free. It's also a bank account, meaning for those who doesn't have a bank account from before, when they download spend and after doing the KYC, which literally take you a minute, then you have also got your bank account. And it is a bank account for everyone who, uh, who downloads it. Uh, so Spen is a product uh, partner up with uh, the, our partner banks in our local markets. Um, and uh, when, when, when downloading the product, uh, you also become bank with that bank. So when you download the product, you become a customer of the bank. Is that what you said? Just to be clear. Exactly. Correct. So when you, for example, in Rwanda, when you download uh, the Spen app in Rwanda, Spen is a product of INM Bank. And you also then indirectly become a customer of INM banks. So in other words, uh, the account that you have with Span is an account with INM Bank. Right. And is that the the single product that you're focused on now as part of Block Bonds, or are there other products sort of that are that are currently running or are going to be running in the short term? No, Block Bonds has the sole purpose of running and operating a Span. So there's no other products, but within the Span product. There is a lot of features such as you can, uh, of course, you can send and receive money. Uh, You can also buy uh, airtime or buy data and you can uh, can, uh, pay bills, uh, utility bills, uh, transport, bus tickets, all that kind of things. We also do have salary payments for, uh, for businesses that wants to pay out salaries instead of handling cash. Uh, we have a savings account where people can get uh, 4% interest on their money uh, without any need of any minimum deposit or any lockup. And then we also have a product which is a payment module. This is really for um, online services uh, or online shopping. And then typically uh, e-commerce or e-commerce companies that are facilitating uh, or selling goods online where you can use spend as a payment method. And then we are also offering um, loans, meaning that uh, if you are a spend user and if you either have a savings amount uh, on your savings account, or if you have, uh, or if you receive uh, the salary to, to your spend account, then you can also borrow money up to 50% of your salary. So this is kind of the product spectrum that we have within the spend product. No, it sounds amazing. What was the inspiration behind 
uh, span itself? Well, um, I have a long background from finance, and uh, okay. I, I also, in 2008, I started a peer-to-peer lending company um, with great success, and I have been traveling a lot into Asia and Africa before, and I had some really, really good experiences when I was around, and I realized that you know, the importance of, of, of being present and, and trying to understand the cultural differences is very difficult for a lot of people or for everyone who doesn't live there. And mm-hmm. my mission here was that I started to, obviously, I started to look into this technology, but I instantly saw that if by utilizing this technology, we could actually solve one of the biggest issues within financial inclusion and, you know, you know, and since primarily uh, the people that is in a special need for these kind of tools is living in, in these areas, it kind of was very close to my heart to do this. And I obviously could have rolled this out in, in Scandinavia, but uh, and it would probably have been a lot easier. Um, but I was seeing that since half of the population on this planet or 2 billion people is outside the financial system, I was thinking that, hey, okay, if I can actually help these people mm. uh, to, to, to have a more or better simplicity in life when it comes to financial transactions, I wanted to do that. Right. And uh, as an entrepreneur, uh, I saw this as a big challenge. Uh, but at the same time, obviously, since and what I was saying is, I saw that by utilizing this technology, we could actually do this. And this was quite unique. And five years ago, solving this was impossible. It should, you know, it it, it was simply not possible to do this. But I was thinking that, okay, if we do this, we can actually solve what was impossible. And now we look back today, we have approximately 1 million users and we see that we have actually solved that particular issue so um so that's why, why was that's, that possible in your in your opinion at the time and five years ago what made you think it was impossible to solve that issue at the time because no one has done it before and financial inclusion is not about handing out a debit card or any other simple tool financial inclusion is all about providing a tool to the people where they can access other services through that tool. And that is exactly what we have done. And no one had done that before in the way that we have done it. And at the same time, being able, because the reason why so many people today is without that bank account is the banks. The issue lays with the banks. The cost for the bank to open and maintaining a bank account is somewhere between $35 and $65. In other words, it's extremely expensive for the bank to open and maintain a data bank account. And for a lot of people, they don't have this kind of money to spend on a bank account, which means that they are left outside. Or you could say that in many ways, they are becoming their own enemies because since they don't have that kind of money, the bank doesn't allow them to get a bank account. And Are, are, we, saying, a- are we saying that within the... 
the cost, sorry, I did, just very quickly, is that within the markets that you operate or were you talking universal in terms of cost of opening the account? It's in all markets where, where the population or, or, or where the ratio of unbanked is high. It's in all those markets. Right. Um, and this is in many countries. This is in Asia, this is in Africa, this is in Latin America, and it's even in US. I mean, 40 million people in US is without a bank account. And maybe there is other reasons for this there, but the point is the cost for the bank to open and maintain a bank account is the reason why there are so many people outside. So this was what we looked into. And I was thinking that, okay, so if we, by utilizing this technology and how we can solve that is because we are creating a digital economy in those countries where we are entering. We are digitizing the national currency in the countries where we are entering. In other words, Rwanda was our first country out. We are the one that has digitized the national currency of Rwanda, Rwandan franc. Okay. Chinese are coming Chinese are coming now digitizing their economy and kind of claiming that they were the first country out. That's not correct. What we have done here is uh, we have utilized this technology. We have been able to digitize their currency and by such we have also removed the the cost elements that is being added by using this old manual bank system. So by removing those cost elements and actually turn those costs to become an income for the bank, suddenly the bank finds this interesting because we are the one facilitating these users on behalf of the bank. And at the same time, by facilitating these users and by providing them this bank account and instantly when they now have the bank account, what do they do? They deposit the money that they have because all people, me and you and everyone else find it secure to keep the money in the bank. We find it more efficient to keep the money in the bank because now I can pay my bills directly from there. I don't have to go to the bank. I don't have to go to the bank to to withdraw the money. I can actually go to any agent or I can go to any any other place where we have distribution. And this is important. The simplicity that me and you have in our daily life it's not only for us. Everyone wants it, but not everyone has the ability to get it. But with spend, you do. And this boils down to the financial inclusion because when we can create this tool, that's when we can add the other elements to it. Bills payment, buying airtime, buying data, uh, using it for online shop, head out, et cetera, et cetera. So this is how we have kind of knitted it together. I wanted to ask you, to go down memory lane in terms of going back to the place where you thought this was impossible five years ago, what has the journey been like for you um, in terms of running a business to solve that problem? And how has that also challenged you personally as someone who's worked in finance and is an entrepreneur? Yeah. Okay. So coming from the financial uh, sector and, and, and then being an entrepreneur, um, and and being in the lending industry, uh, I kind of wanted to give something back. I, I kind of wanted to do something different. And after having a successful exit, I had the opportunity to do so. Obviously, this yeah. is not about money uh, because money doesn't take you anywhere in this case. Uh, you have to have the drive, you have to have the willingness, and you have to have the understanding of what you're doing. Luckily, I've been traveling in these countries before. Uh, I've been traveling and I've been living in Asia. I, I started to travel into Africa as a very young uh, boy. And uh, what I experienced that time was that by 
or, or, or what amazed me was the respect that I got only because I kind of respected them back. And, and this is extremely important to understand because I was touching upon this just earlier now when we spoke. Uh, it's, it's all about trying to actually understand how it is to live in these markets. I don't think it's ever possible for us to really understand it, but we can try to understand it by being there and being present. And the fact, and again, to repeat myself, when I saw that, that this problem, the fact that 2 billion people uh, was outside the financial system, I was thinking, okay, if we are in a position to do this, I really want to do that. And it's kind of a crazy thing to do because why should we from Norway solve this issue instead of anyone else? But at the same time, the opportunity was so clear to me. And I was thinking that if I can do this in a, in, in a good way, we can actually solve this in a proper way. Now, am I, you know, am I doing charity here? No, I'm not. I am, I'm running a commercial business. But what we are doing here is that we are bringing in the bank. We are helping the bank to actually remove a cost and to turn that to become an income. Because the capital that we are providing the bank, they are getting that capital cheaper than they can access anywhere else. Mm -hmm. okay. so, so that's our business model. So our business is the banks. Our business is the, um, uh, is, is, is the utilities. Our banks is the online services. The users get this product for free. So I want the users to come on board and to have a product where they can get this cost free. Now, how, how has it been to actually do this? It has been extremely challenging. I mean, we've been doing this for five years and, and to, to invest all the money that we have invested and we have invested quite a bit of money. And obviously I haven't put all this money into my, to, to, to the business myself. So we have been dependent on getting support from, uh, from investors and also the government. So we got, a, we got support from the Norwegian government. Uh, we have got support from something called NORAD in Norway. Um, and, uh, and, and of course, as I said, a lot of investor has come in. So, but it has been extremely challenging and it has been extremely tough to actually being able to convince at least bigger investors to, to believe in what we're doing, because typically a venture capital fund would always look at one thing is growth, but they're also looking at your revenue. Right. And this company here is a company because it's kind of a chicken and the egg. We have to build the B2B side. We have to build the business side on it. At the same time, we have to build the case where we are growing the customer base. But since we are talking about an average deposit, which is quite low, our revenue from the bank is also small. Now, the hockey effect will come and we are seeing this now because now it's different. But the point is that we, you know, we need to grow. We need to become much bigger. But now it's more visible. But no venture capital fund or, we, or, or other bigger investors saw this in the beginning. So we pretty much had to do this on our own. And that has been extremely challenging. But at the same time, what was important to me was the passion for what we're doing, the vision about what we're doing, right. and not a and, and the fact that we saw that we did have an opportunity to solve that issue. And that was important to me. You talked about the venture capital investors that you went to. So you try and get some funds to help you in the yeah. beginning. And you're talking to them about issues within 
different continents that they may not necessarily have that type of relationship with. You may have because you travel across those different across different countries within those different continents, but they they may not necessarily have had those types of connections. How has it been over the years? How have you tried to convince them of not only the more responsibility because you're, you're not doing it for money, but then how have you tried to convince them of, of the commercial opportunity that exists within those different markets? within the different continents that you're exploring and you bring in spend into? Well, I think first and foremost, uh, I think it's important to be able to, to, to visualize and to communicate and show the passion that we do have for what we were doing. And this is as much a belief in the people driving this company as it is the belief in actually being able to solve this issue. But a lot of people is good hearted and a lot of investors like to see uh, that they actually are helping out and actually are helping to solve this kind of issue and helping people to take the first step out of the cash society. When we're talking about typically bigger uh, VCs and, and, and those kind of firms, yeah. it's more difficult because they have their uh, terms, they do have their mandates, and they have their risk profile. And as said, we have, you know, what was impossible is what we have solved. So what we saw back five years ago, that was, you know, it's impossible to solve it. But now we can look back and we can see that we actually have solved the impossible. Now, Talking to uh, bigger investors, funds, etc., on on in the northern hemisphere, um, it's very much also about knowledge. And Africa is a very interesting continent, and they are facing a lot of challenges. But at the same time, there is a lot of opportunities. And to, to talk about that continent specific, uh, so I find it extremely uh, interesting. Uh, but uh, five years ago and even three years and two years ago, Africa didn't get this much focus. And I think there is a shift now. I think the world is understanding that this also is going to be the next growing market. And, uh, and therefore, we are getting more attention now than we did get. But at the same time, we are, we are much more commercialized now. We do have, um, you know, we do have a, bigger growth uh we have a bigger revenue etc so we're getting more attention but but in combination i think it is so talking to bigger funds uh let's say on the northern hemisphere is mm. is is was more difficult but i think it boils down to knowledge about the african market if, if we're going to continue to talk about that re region when we talk to funds in africa uh they really understood what we were doing and they really loved what we were doing. But then again, we were kind of a little bit arrested on, on us being uh, not necessarily fulfilling uh, the mandates that they had. And, and, and that is the life of being an entrepreneur. That's a life of being crazy to kind of going to solve this kind of problem. And, and, you know, if it was easy, everyone would do it. So it's definitely not easy. But the fact is that we have been stubborn. We have been crazy enough to continue with this. And uh, for that reason, and for the reason that we have had a lot of investors that has believed in us uh, and 
they have believed in us because they also want to take part of what we're doing. And for that reason, we have been able to come to where we are. So, um, yeah, uh, to summarize that is a long explanation, but to summarize, uh, it has been extremely challenging, uh, but being stubborn and being able to see the big picture at, the, at all time and and even important, more important, being able to be on ground. We have, exp we have spent enormously time uh, to be on ground. I've been there myself a lot uh, to really understand what we're dealing with. And that's, that's, uh, that's very important. But obviously today we are a different organization. We are 165 people working in this company and, and there is seven people working in Norway and, and eight people in London, but the rest is operational on the ground in African Philippines. So it's, it's very, um, it's, it's also important to mention that, that this is not something that is driven from, from Norway. It's driven locally. And when you do visit those different markets, how, how do you visibly see the effects that spend is having or that blood bonds is having through spend on those, on the different people or the different people groups that live within those different markets? Well, there is many aspects to that and it depends on where I've been. We also uh, have a cooperation with United Nations Women. And uh, when we did have uh, this cooperation, we also rolled out in, in a refugee camp called Kakuma. Okay. Kakuma is on the border of Uganda, uh, sorry, of South Sudan and, and, and Kenya. Um, and when I was there, because I was there, I was present there myself uh, when we did this rollout. And, and being there and, and, and being present and, you know, meeting these women uh, who lives on an extremely difficult condition and being locked out in, in, in many sense uh, from the rest of the world, being limited in movements, etc., and, 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 and being there and seeing how important it is for them to be able to communicate. Not only to communicate, but being able to communicate financially, how important that is. And suddenly, when we come in with this tool, not only are they getting a tool where they can keep their money safe, the biggest risk they have is at night going out outside their house. I mean, even just going to the toilet is a big risk. And there is a lot of crime here where money is being stolen. Well, now they can steal the phone, but they can't steal the money. It's like stealing your visa card. If I steal your visa card, I can't get access to the money because I need your PIN code. This is the same with spend. So now if they got the phone stolen, they can still go to the friend's phones or, or, or to an agent phone, and they can actually log on with their username and ID like you do with your internet bank. Now they have their money intact. This is quite important, but being there and witnessing and seeing how important this was and how the, the essence of this concept and how the ecosystem is being built purely out of that need, that was extremely interesting. So that was a strong proof that the core essence of our concept is working. And this is not very different from what we were doing in other markets, because in other markets, we're doing exactly the same. We have people on ground. We are um, having people out there who is onboarding other users. And we do have another model as well, because you were asking me also how we are recruiting users. Every spend user uh, that comes on board can become an, an sales agent for us. 
And this is quite important, especially in a market where uh, a very big sum of the population is unemployed. It's also very important to, to kind of be that employer. Mm. So that means that any user who's download spam can now become the salesperson, which means he can go to the street and for every new user he gets on board, I pay him one dollar or no I we pay him one dollar. Okay. And we do that in we do that instantly. Because I was thinking that, okay, how can we make this product grow? Of like course we can use Facebook. It is. And we could use Facebook and Google, but why should I give three dollars, which it would cost for me to do that marketing and, 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 and recruit every user if I can take that money and give back to the people. That's what I wanted to do. And that is what we're also doing. So people can also make money from this. And not only that, we have also built an agent structure. So an agent network. So every person who comes on board and wants to become our agent, which means that he will be the one uh, helping or, or serving, sorry, the users to either deposit or withdraw money. Yeah. Now, again, the transaction here is cost-free and to deposit is cost-free. But if you want to withdraw money from that agent, you have to pay a small fee. You can always, and I have to repeat that, you can always go to the bank and withdraw your money cost-free. But not everyone is close to the, to, the, to the bank, so they prefer to use the agent. Um, and, and, and when you do so, there is, a, there is a small fee that you're being paid. And when you do a deposit, we pay that agent a fee. So agents is also making money. So in Rwanda today, we have approximately 10,000 paying points uh, where you can uh, either use it as a payment uh, method for buying whatever you need to buy uh, or withdrawing money or depositing money. So in other words, it's also a tool for people to make money. Right. And so we've been through, we've been through the success journey basically of Clubbond so far. I wanted to wrap up the conversation, asking a couple of questions about the now and then the future. What are some of the challenges that you see within the, the market of trying to create financial inclusion amongst the different developing countries around the world? Um, and how are you as a team at Blockbonds via spend looking to solve that over the next couple of years or so? Mm, okay. So, I think, I mean, we're, we're just a drop in the ocean. I mean, to be frank, I mean, oh, we got a million users. There are still two billion out there. Um, and there is a lot of areas that will be difficult for us to cover. Right. I think uh, there is part of the challenge will be uh, more in the rural areas uh, how, uh, let's say, the uh, mobile connection will uh, will improve, etc. But, you know, I'm... I'm I'm a positive person. I'm, you know, an, an entrepreneurial person. I, I believe in innovation. Uh, and therefore, I believe that uh, the growth of, let's say, smartphone and 3G coverage, et cetera, et cetera, that's the only direction that we're going to take. And there is so many initiatives. There is so many companies out there and organizations like you and World Food Program and so on and so on who's providing these tools and like they did in the refugee camp when we were working with UN Women. So, so I believe there are so many people that want this to move in that direction. And at some point, there will be businesses as well who seize an opportunity in actually developing these in these rural areas because they probably then see that, okay, by doing this, we can actually be able to get um, to get this in return. Uh, 
so so i think everything there is is solvable at the same time obviously uh there is a lot of challenges and and if we look into africa again it's more specific i mean uh that they are facing some some real challenges and and the three biggest is overpopulation and urbanization and 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 and, and utilizing the the uh, or, or utilizing the technology and i mean overpopulation there is there is a lot of things that's going to be a challenge there and urbanization is and again there is a lot of challenges there for us what we can do is to help these people and to help the people that moves into the urban areas to actually get a tool that they can use not only to take the first step out of the cash society but through for example the uh scoring model that we have with the lending product help them to take the first step towards the middle class because if you're treating your credit good then you can go to the bank and get a bigger loan which means that you can buy a house and do do these kind of things right, right, right. so 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 that is but but the last part is the technology and and the population in africa holding a mobile phone is by far the highest in the world do i believe that it will move from a feature phone to to a smartphone absolutely and do i believe that the telcos uh, the telecom companies will build out the networks because they know that then they can make more money absolutely will that help these people to kind of develop definitely so it all kind of goes hand in hand um but it's 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 important to understand the challenges that is coming on its way and i don't of course have all the answers to that but but i think as said being innovative and 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 being an entrepreneur uh i think everything is possible and as long as everyone wants to move in the same direction i don't think it's it's you know there is there is not anything that is impossible everything is possible brilliant final question for me um we've spoken about the future of what financial inclusion could look like or the challenges that may be i wanted to ask you what does the future of block bonds look like and again what i was saying i mean after all we are we are dropping the ocean uh but of course if you're asking me as an entrepreneur uh i'm doing this because i'm really passionate about this and i think if we if we really really can do this really good then the consequence of that will be that we make money again from the banks and from the partners that we bring on board um and the more money we make uh the bigger we can grow the company and and now i'm talking about the more services that we can provide to these users the better standing this company can get and the more countries we can move into and of course as an entrepreneur i have no plan stopping with these four countries um i am we have already regulatory approval in additional four countries and we have been invited by governments in many other continents asia latin america and even europe so um we are definitely here to continue to build and and hopefully hopefully the world will allow us to do that amazing thank you very much for your time and really appreciate everything you said thank you <laughs>